0: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
1: Brewers fall to Cincinnati last night in tough fashion. And every time, every time they start to sniff that 500 mark, it just, it just doesn't happen for them. And to talk more about it, Adam McCalvey of com and MLB.com joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Hello, Adam. How you doing?
2: Hello, Bill. Yeah, 0-8. Eight times, including opening day, obviously, where they're 0-0. And and, uh, Correct. I, don't know, I went through them last night. I was interested in those games because when you kind of go through them, it helps tell a little bit of the story of the season, those games individually, because there's like some Eric Lauer in there who never got going. Uh, there's the Kenta Maeda near no hitter that really highlighted the offensive problems, and and on that topic, even opening day itself uh, being shut out by Kyle Hendricks was kind of you know uh, harbinger of what was to come for an offense that just hasn't been able
1: to do it. This team has not been able to get over the hump when it comes to getting to 500. Uh, I guess that my my question is Adam and and. Has it been, when you go through those numbers, has it been the offense? Has it, Because the pitching last night out of Woodruff was really solid, and, and Rasmussen came in and just watched it kind of explode. Moustakis did his damage against his former team. But has it been the offense that has been more often than not lacking? Has, been, has it been bad, bad pitching performances? Why can't this team seem to get over the top?
2: Yeah, I think when they look back, whatever happens the next uh, week, uh, when they look back on it, it's going to be the offense that – needs to be examined and, you know, fixed for next season. Because, you know, Brandon Woodruff is a good example. He, the Brewers, I, I think one of the big numbers this year is that they are 5-7 and seven behind Woodruff. Last year it was 18-4. and four. So when you look at Woodruff's numbers, he's pitching the same. The strikeout rate's the same. The walks are the same. The stuff is the same. All the stat, cast, advanced data. He's pitching the same. He's pitching well. Well enough to win, at least. Now, he's definitely had stumbles in the middle of some right. of these games. Fifth inning has been really hard on him. But the reason that that, he has no margin for error because he's just not getting the support he needs. And, you know, that has been the common denominator all year long as they've tried to get over this magical 500 hump is they're just, they're, there's too few games where the offense is, as Craig Council says, driving the bus. I mean, there was the 19-run game, there was the 18-run game, and there have been some good signs lately. But I think when you look at the season as a whole, it is uh, mostly a failure of run production. And, look, I mean, they can still slip in and be very dangerous if they slip in because of those four pitchers they've got. But, um, you know, they're going to need to hit a little bit to get there.
1: Um, I want to talk a little bit about Ryan Braun. And the other day he kind of waxed a little nostalgic regarding his career with the Brewers and uh, it possibly coming to an end. Do you get a sense as to what, you know, what he's leaning towards and what the organization is leaning towards as we creep into next season?
2: Well, it's so hard because the interactions are all on Zoom or text here and there. And, you know, I don't know what you've gleaned from that. It's one of the real hard things about reporting in 2020 it's all controlled to a large degree by the club so no i can't give you a good idea i can say that i like everybody am trying to read into his you know these comments and when you hear him talk about that infield hit being a great way to end it because you know every hitter feels like they get robbed of line drives all the time um he talks about that as a great way to end it and you see people screenshotted for me um you know larissa braun basically saying, I'm going to miss Milwaukee, goodbye to Milwaukee. It makes you think that he's leaning towards not coming back. And Mm -hmm. absent of those hints, I I would, you know, absent of that stuff, I would say there's no way that a player like that, who's as connected to a city, has had this complicated relationship with the city and been forgiven and re-embraced, I think, by a large percentage of the people who come to those games, there's no way he's going to go out in an empty stadium but then you hear him talk and you sort of look at the hints and you think maybe that's the case now the other part of this is it's not all his decision right I mean the club is going to decline that, that, that option it's a four million dollar buyout and they can certainly talk about some sort of a deal to come back but what are the economics going to be this winter and you know if you're talking about a couple million bucks to bring someone back as you know, because, well, A, you think he can produce, but also has like a PR, not a stunt, but the, has a PR element to it. It's hard to throw around that money when, you know, the, the financial situation in the industry right now is in ruin. Um, so that, that's going to be part of it, too, is there's got to be a mutual interest in 2021. And it's not entirely going to be Ryan Braun's decision.
1: Do you think I mean, four million bucks in today's game, and I hate to say this, but four million bucks in today's game is a pittance. It's well, considering: I, I bre- would
2: push back on I would push back on that bill because you know, again, I always hesitate when we talk about team finances because people think it's you know they're just lining their, their pockets, and, and I don't know, but the, the, I do know that teams are getting killed this year. With no friends right. in the stands, especially a team like Milwaukee that relies so heavily on ticket revenue, they're taking an absolute disaster of a bat. And I think four million is not a pittance in this environment.
1: So is four million for what he brings to the table where he's brought September, where he's brought leadership, where he's brought fans, where he's been at least versatile and being able to play outfield and a little bit of infield, but uh, do you then is, is that compilation of ability and numbers worth four million dollars in today's market?
2: Well, that's going to be the que- that's going to be the question mark, Austinasio and, and David Cerns to some degree face. And you know the buyout's four million. Then you got to pay him a salary on top of that. So whatever the number that they come to in this theoretical exercise would be, they have to decide whether that's you know worth giving an opportunity to have a proper send off. And again, it's going to also be dependent on production. I mean, the one thing we know is that when he is healthy enough to swing the bat, he's really dangerous. How many games can you have him healthy enough to be that dangerous hitter? I mean, the guy kills left-handed pitching as much today as he did the day he came up to the big league. But the back's got to be right in order for him to do it. And they have to put all those factors together and come up with a decision about whether it makes sense to uh, give it a go another year. Again, I, th- the hints are screaming pretty loudly to me like this might be it. And I, I guess um, maybe I'm reading too much into the little word here. No, I
1: look, I, I thought the same thing. I thought for a while that he was coming back. I thought uh going coming out of spring training that if he had a good season uh if they were going to protect his body if he was still healthy I really thought after talking with him that he was coming back and I agree with you the screenshots the comments the hints uh it, you know it, he's not Brett Favre. I mean, I hate to bring that up, but he's not Brett Favre where he's going to waver. I mean, I think, you know, when he talked about his kids, his wife, the family life, being away, and he really has to weigh that because as the kids get older, he really enjoys spending time with them. It sounded to me like he was saying, you know what, I just want to go home. I don't want to do anything. I just want to go home. I want to spend time with the family. That's to me what it sounded like. I completely agree with you.
2: And I agree with you, Bill, on the part about not wavering. When he makes his decision, it's going to be 100%. And he's been talking like that since he was 28 years old, 29 years old, saying, when he decides he's done, he's just going to walk away, and that's the end of it. And there's not going to be, like, hanging on. He's not going to play until he's 45 years old and can barely walk up to home plate. That is not going to be Ryan Braun. That part we know for sure. It's just a matter of, you know, whether this is it. And, look, I'll say the other factor that can't be overlooked in this is the larger offense. If they had this core of hitters, that they were bringing back, that they absolutely loved and absolutely killed it. And Ryan Braun can be a really nice compliment to that group. Play against lefties. Play a little here. Play a little there. If the DH is still around, play some DH. That's going to be a big factor, too. Um, That would be a different story. But they don't have that kind of offense. They have an offense that looks like it needs fixing, and they're right back where they were, where they need a first baseman. They need a third baseman. They need to figure out – you know, who's going to be the shortstop, Arcia, Urias, or bring in someone else? Um, you know, th- they have questions at a lot of different positions. And I think that adds also to this sort of cloud of uncertainty about where Ryan Braun fits in all that for next year. All
1: right, real quick before I let you go. So, big week. By the time you and I talk, the season will have culminated. Uh, give me your thoughts as this team efforts towards the postseason five against St. Louis in St. Louis, even though one of those games they'll be considered the home team. They still have to finish up this series with Cincinnati. Is this team ripe to take over and get themselves into the postseason considering they just haven't been able to eclipse the 500 mark all season long?
2: Well, the answer is yes when you look at the standing. And thanks to social media, I get to, like, witness the wave of emotion that poor Brewers fans everywhere are going through this year. And, you know, it feels like they're done and dead and terrible. And then you look at the standings and they're a game out. So like literally, yes, they could make the playoffs. It is it is bad offense or not. It is right there for them. And, you know, John Smoltz said this on MLB network yesterday with a great conversation with Corbin Byrne. I don't think a lot of teams, I mean, teams would have a ha- their hands full with the Brewers in a postseason series when you have Woodruff, Burns at the front end, Williams, Hayter at the back end. So the
1: answer is yes.
2: They very well could sneak into the playoffs, and they very well could be dangerous if they get there.
1: Good stuff as always, my friend. We will talk again uh, next week. We'll either be wrapping up the season or we'll be talking about uh, the angst of uh, Brewers fans as they start to face their next opponent in the postseason. Okay?
2: All right, Bill. Talk to you
1: then. Thanks, Adam. Talk to you soon. There you go. That is Adam McAlvey at Bruce.com and MLB.com joining us for a couple of minutes. And uh, he is uh, on the uh, Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE. Or go to schneiderjobs.com. How powerful is Cox
0: Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island